Welcome back to my podcast, guys. What a great episode we have last week talking about Dixie Evans. I'd never heard of Dixie Evans, but I have now. Um, the Marilyn Monroe burlesque dancer. But this week, I have the most amazing guest who I met XX years ago. I, I don't even remember. He'll remember. But his name is David Marshall, and he wrote a book called Life Among the Cannibals, The Life and Times of Marilyn Monroe. But these life and times of Marilyn Monroe were not 1926 to 1962. This was the life and times of Marilyn Monroe from 1962 to 2003. What? I hear you ask, but but she, what? She... She wasn't alive. Well, that's the thing. And that's why this book is so amazing because it was David's imagination that imagined what Marilyn Monroe's life story would have been if she had not passed. And David, you're joining me from San Francisco. Welcome to my show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So why? what made you write this book? I love this book. And this book came out in 2000 and... Well, I have to check. 2009, 2009. Yeah, it's quite a while back. Mm. But still lives with me. So why, what gave you this idea about this book of Marilyn Monroe had lived? I think what, the, what compelled me to write this was that uh, so much concentration is placed on Marilyn's passing. It, it just, you know, rings and rings and rings. And what seems to be uh, overlooked is what was lost. Not how she died, why she died, but how much we lost from a woman who had such potential and what her life realistically would have been had she lived and gone forward for a normal lifespan. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do with this book is not write a novel, but write a biography. And so the book is formatted as a nonfiction, straightforward account of the last 40 years of the woman's life. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a good time writing it. Uh, I've reread it a couple of times. It needs editing. It's over long. But overall, I'm really pleased and I'm really proud of uh, of the result. Well, um, one of the people that reviewed your book was Michelle Morgan, who's been on this sh my show so many times. She's 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 amazing, and she says that your book, this book, deserves a place on everyone's bookshelf because it really is like sh when I read this book, I felt like I felt like she kind of it was so realistic that it could have been true. It was written with such... Exactly. Yeah, it was... It's And it's not... Um, it felt so much of the time. It, I mean, you really felt this, didn't you? You really... To me, when I read this, you do lose reality for a little while. You forget that what you're reading isn't true. And that's what I was aiming for. And I know just as a reader going back through it, I have the same, uh, the same reaction. I mean, you know, I created it. I wrote it. It's fiction, obviously, but what I wanted to do was to create a, a realistic reality um, that while you are reading this, you think of her life as continuing, yeah. and it, the story just keeps on going, and as any person, male or female, as you 
continue to live and continue to add experiences, you subtly change and you grow older. And that's what I wanted to get. I wanted to just finish the arc mm-hmm. until it comes to a natural end. I think it's um, really interesting what you said at the beginning where we just spoke when you said um, there's so much concentrated on her death that it isn't about how she died, it's about what we lost. And in this book, she goes on to do things that I can really imagine she would have done, which is win the awards for her acting, she adopts a child, um, she she even makes a workout video, <laughs> like Jane Fonda. <laughs> yeah. Like... I can imagine that because Marilyn, when, you know, back in the 50s, before it was even fashionable, there she was with weights. I mean, we look at Instagram now and we see girls weightlifting, which we didn't really see much of. But we saw Marilyn Monroe do it, lifting iron, pumping iron, you know, way before anyone else. So I can totally imagine her being a Jane Fonda showing women you don't need surgery. You know, you can look good just by working out because she loved working out. Absolutely. I mean, you see those pictures from the uh, late 40s, early 50s of this woman jogging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? What? She was way ahead of everybody else. She knew the importance of holding on to your body, not only for because of her career, for your physical uh, you know, attraction, but for your health and just to keep going. No. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. I remember seeing Madonna jogging um, in the eighties, and we were all so shocked with these big bodyguards. And yet, na- when I discovered Marilyn Monroe and I saw her jogging, I realised that Madonna wasn't the first one to be to be doing this. What do you think? Because no, no. I, I don't want to give away stuff from this book because I really think everyone because she remarries Joe DiMaggio. She does. What do, do, do you still think that? Or, is, or? Uh, go ahead. Do you still think that she would have married? Because this is where I read this book and I would agree to differ because we both don't know. Um, I don't know if she would have married Joe Joe DiMaggio. What made you think she would have? I think the... I think what the deal is, is at that point in her life, this is uh, 1964 when she and Joe get back together. Mm. He was... He was always true to her even after her death he it was obvious that he was infatuated with this woman and he truly loved her but i think and in in the in my version of her life uh she holds him as a good friend she starts to realize that he has altered since their marriage he's gone through therapy he's consciously tried to understand her that he in ways that he didn't understand her uh, when they were married uh, the first time. Mm-hmm. And she goes through a very traumatic uh, period. What with the overdose in 62, um, political upheavals and assassination of uh, John Kennedy in 63, uh, the missile crisis in uh, October of 62, and it changes her outlook. She keeps putting him off and keeps putting him off, but slowly begins to realize that this could be a very stalwart partner Mm -hmm. and somebody I do truly admire and love. And I think it took a long time for her to gradually understand that he is going to stand by her and she. She falls in love with him again. And I, I, in real life, I think, uh, 
had things worked out, I think he would have been a good life partner for her. It's interesting. Primarily because he had changed. Well, that's it. That's yes, what's interesting. Ahead. Yeah, that's what's interesting to me because we have to remember that the times that Marilyn Monroe was living in, and if she'd continued to stay alive, was such. I mean, we think they're challenging times now in America, but these were really changing times, especially for women and for marriage. For someone that Joe DiMaggio was a very old-fashioned, you know, the woman stays at home. And I think if they'd gone on and lived to the sixties, he would have had to change his. If he wanted to hold on to this woman like Marilyn, he would have had to have some therapy and deal with those issues, really, wouldn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, one of the reasons why I thought that uh, Joe DiMaggio would uh, change is after his death, uh, there was found in his wallet um, a list of things that he had written down to remind himself that he wrote down this list after their divorce and after he took up uh, counseling at her urging. And it was him consciously trying to remind himself that she is a separate individual and he cannot change her and to love what she is. And I think with the times changing, he would have come to the understanding that he can't change this woman what needs to be changed is his attitude towards her. And that included the stay at home that, you know, that, you know, you have to end your Hollywood career, that you're just going to come home and make spaghetti for me while I watch TV. And I think he would have evolved like everybody evolves over the years. Oh my God, that's, that's so true. I mean, I'm, I'm a different person than when I first met you. (laughs) And I think Marilyn Monroe would have been a very different... And, and absolutely, I, and absolutely. I, the woman that I think she would have turned into and that she was right at the end, I, I think was a completely different woman than when the woman that Joe first met. And I think oh, they, would have, they would have been completely I different. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I find there's one bit that makes me laugh is where, uh, about Robert Kennedy, because it does mention that she fell out with Robert Kennedy before in the 60s and then they've, you know, um, because you've not really changed history here. The people that, what happens in history stays happening in history and everybody else remains the same it's marilyn navigates her way through it because so a lot of it isn't fantasy it's only marilyn that really is the fantasy in this book absolutely that was one of the things i enjoyed uh doing the research on is going through year by year what was happening in the news what was happening in politics and what was happening in film and television Mm -hmm. and then calmly going through and seeing what had happened, how she would have reacted, what her place would have been. Not that she was going to change history. I Even had she lived, I don't think that she would have. Mm -hmm. But then, especially with uh, the film opportunities, she's aging, of course, you know, from 62 to 2003. Mm -hmm. So she isn't going to have a continual, you know, uh, um, a continual roster of films one after another as she had in the 50s. Mm -hmm. But by this point in her life, she could pick and choose. And she doesn't always choose great films. I mean, if you look like, uh, one of the things I was doing was going through and looking and seeing what films did other actresses of her era uh, choose. Like Sherilyn McLean, uh, Jane Fonda, uh, various other actresses. Uh, 
and then deciding how about if Marilyn had gotten this role rather than Shirley MacLaine? Mm -hmm. Or how about if she was able to do this rather than Elizabeth Taylor? And how her approach to the film would have been completely different. But I think she would have been able to pull it off. Well, I think that's... And that she would have been taking, been, you know, cast in some things that were absolute dogs, just like, you know, every living actor and actress goes through. Well, yeah, and then you don't know their financial position, because I remember with Sean Connery, I mean, it was literally, if you gave him a script, he said, it, it seemed he did the film <laughs> without even reading the script. Yeah. Because... <laughs> but um, I, I always, when, when um, people are going to read this book and they're going to probably ask, well, how do you... Th- how did you come to this conclusion of what you think that she would have been like? What was your background research? Like you said, you know, to prepare your, because you have to think as Marilyn, right? How Absolutely. did you, what was, yeah. your, what was your research behind this? Like this, this idea to say, because most people say, I'm going to write a bi- biography about Marilyn and that's their dream and they do research. How did you research to try and put yourself, because me as an impersonator, I have to try and think how would she react in this situation or as an actress? As a writer, what was your, um, like you said, you read a lot about history, well, but I, that was to be in there, but how about to get into her mindset, how did you do that? Uh, I think there's so, there are so many books, uh, biographies of her, and, uh, and since the late 60s, uh, I've been reading about her and thinking about her, and then also being involved in, in several of the Maryland groups. Um, and after writing the, my first book, you, when you're reading continuously and you're delving into research about an individual, there comes a point where you feel you could be very wrong, but you come to a point where you feel that you know the person. Totally. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong. But you have a grasp of their character above all. And you have a grasp of how they had responded to things in their life. And so doing research on her and reading a great deal, you, I was able to get a grasp of her uh, politics, of her personality, what things that she liked, what things that she didn't like, and then apply that to things that happened after 1962 and how she would have reacted to things that to new personalities, to new situations, to reality that came after her death, how she would have reacted to John Kennedy's passing, how she would have reacted to, uh, you know, the summer of love, uh, or, uh, the women's movement and, uh, the physical, uh, activity, you know, the Jane Fonda, uh, videos. Mm -hmm. So just, Keeping your my personal idea of her character and personality, and then projecting that as she ages, and as this same individual goes forward for the next forty years. I did a, um, I think around the same time your book came out. I did a pilot, and it was called um, Back to Life, and it was supposed to be six different. Um, films and one was Marilyn one was James Dean one was John Lennon I can't remember who the other ones were but we filmed the pilot and it was if Marilyn Monroe had not died 
and it kind of plays out the same way of your book and I still have the trailer I think you can watch it on YouTube and it's the same thing she adopts children she takes part in the Vietnam um the 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 protest against the Vietnam War she um even makes friends with Princess Diana because they were very similar people and um it never got made, not because of the Marilyn Monroe estate, but because Yoko Ono didn't approve of the John Lennon one if John Lennon had lived. So it's kind of pulled. But, uh, but when people have seen this trailer, they've said to me, oh, I wish someone would make that now. Because I know there's so many Marilyn documentaries at the moment being made. I've just literally filmed one in the summer during lockdown for uh, for American Stars Channel. Um, and the people that are still alive who knew Marilyn are involved in it. And... Um, I know Michelle's done a few things, Michelle Morgan, the author. So, And there's Blonde coming out. There's a lot happening around Marilyn. I would love to see something like your book done because, no disrespect, I know Marilyn Monroe's, not, maybe not everyone does, but I know Marilyn Monroe's story pretty much back to front. But I've always wondered what it would have been like if she had not died. And I think that idea they had years ago to make this pilot was great. And also some people get upset about, you know, you should leave the dead people alone. But this is art. This is not fact. But your book is so... It it would make a great film. Oh, that's nice to hear. You know, it's funny. I uh, Back when I had just started writing this, uh, it ran into you in Los Angeles, and I remember you telling me about the pilot. And it was just like, oh, my God, this is so superstitious that, mm-hmm. you know, we're both having the, the same idea and, and working on projects at the same time. I'm so pleased that you uh, in, enjoyed the book after I completed it. Would you would you ever um, revisit this book to try and sell it around? Because now we've got so many more opportunities with Netflix, Amazon Prime. There's so many outlets now for writers. Would you ever revisit this book to try and get this done? Because I think, I think it needs to be. I think it's such a great idea. I would, I would love to. I, but I tell you, I've gotten kind of uh, burnt out on trying. Uh, I wanted to get this out there. I wanted to have, uh, you know, a, a decent-sized publisher for it. And I it, had an agent. The agent was very enthusiastic uh, and shocked it for me. Um, to various uh, publishers uh, around the country and was continuously held back because they weren't sure what to do with it. It's written as nonfiction. They know how to promote nonfiction. And yet it is, you know, it is, it's fiction, but it's not a novel. Mm-hmm. And none of the publishers were able to get their head around how we could promote this, how we could even present it. And that seemed to flummox everybody. It never seemed to me that it would be that difficult. Obviously, it's fiction. Come on. You know, anybody who has ever even heard of Meryl Monroe, the first thing you know is, she's dead and so of course if there's a book that you know goes to 2003 obviously it's fiction i would say it's more science fiction in a way (laughs) it's like science fiction because it's it's uh it could happen do you know but it it didn't happen 
Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. I think we live in different times now, and I think what I've realised now is there's the next thing, isn't it? There's always people want the next thing, and I think maybe back in those days people were not ready, and we have changed as a society, and I, I really do think if this got revisited, I know if anyone's listening to this book, uh, listening to this podcast, well, I know they do because I'm getting so many listeners, thank you so much, but um, get this book, Life Beyond <laughs> the Cannibals, order it. It's still available for order, is it, David? Well, that's the other drawback. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this one, you can go online and find used copies, but it's no longer uh, in print. And so that's something else that I'm, I'm trying to uh, rectify. And uh, I'm, I'm still working to, to get somebody out there. Of course, then I'm also working on uh, other projects as well. But I am still trying and hopeful. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, this this book really needs to be shown to somebody now. To they, they, I know Netflix are crying out for ideas because they're running out of people are consuming these films so quickly that they're like, has anyone got any, has anyone got any ideas of what we can do? Well, anyone anyway, been listening from Netflix, any screenwriters, get this book, Life Among the Cannibals, if Marilyn Monroe had lived, because I. I think this is just because it, it's so it's so realistic and it's and it's it's kind of heartbreaking because we know that she couldn't have carried on living this life that she had like you say she had so much to give and that's what we lost it's not really about her death it's about Absolutely. the life we lost but it's a unique book David when I think of, oh thank you when I think of Marilyn I passing at that point in her life she was right on the cusp of breaking through and going forward and having an incredible career and an incredible life. And that's one of the things that so irritates me is that it just, boom, it stopped. So with this book, I was hoping to present my ideas of what should have happened and what realistically could have happened. Yeah, I agree. And that's the thing what's so beautiful about it. It isn't very far-fetched. It's very much what we really probably lost. And like you just said, though, you know, she was on the cusp of having this new chapter of her life. And that's what's so tragic. But it also is a sober reminder of how none of us know the future. Because like I mentioned, Princess Diana, and she was on the cusp of a new chapter of her life. And it was cut short, whatever which way you think, whether it's whether it's deliberately or by an accident, it won't take away the fact that your life is cut short. So we'll never know what many people went would, would have gone on to achieve. And it's heartbreaking to to think that we don't see these amazing people go through. But it's also a sober reminder to appreciate life when we have it because we're so lucky that we do get to to see our, if the older we get, how our lives do pan out. Yeah, and how we evolve. And, you know, I know I, from the age... I remember when I was young, I was reading that Marilyn Monroe died at 36 and that seems so old to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that young everyone keeps saying how yeah. young she was not that young like well it's not like she's like 15 or 20 and then you get to 36 and you're like oh my god I still don't know half the stuff <laughs> or where I'm meant to be in life and you you do look back and go my exactly. god yeah it's shocking it really is exactly she died exactly. so young and you're like not that young and now you're like I know so young <laughs> Oh, but so what's your future? You're saying you're working on other projects. Are these any Marilyn Monroe related projects or? No, uh, uh, I'm working on uh, 
one book is uh, uh, about yeah, myself, actually. It's autobiographical fiction, let's say. Uh, and uh, it is covering just a two-month period when I was about eight years old and we were moving uh, and how my life changed and the dynamics of uh, my family, which is a pretty fascinating family. Anyways, um, and then the other one I'm working with uh, is a, a novel about... Um, Hollywood in the, from the late 40s uh, up to 1961. Wow. Uh, with, uh, various cast of characters. That I'm, and I'm, I'm enjoying. At this point in my life, you know, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't have the drive that I did when I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s. <laughs> uh, and so my projects are uh, hopefully would, will get out there. Um, but on the other hand, I'm just enjoying myself. I, I am lead, leading a very blessed life. Mm. Isn't it yeah. funny how that happens? Because I found that, and like I'm, I'm, I'm in my early forties, and already I can feel my. I don't. I don't know if it's COVID, but I can feel my hunger for certain ways that I had the energy to do things with my Marilyn career has. Um, kind of petered off and I'm going into a different a different direction and that's what's so good about your your Marilyn book because she did go in these other directions she didn't stay as this blonde bombshell but maybe that was her life's purpose to bring that light to the world as Marilyn Monroe you know and that that was her her story but this was been her story if she had lived and I think it's brilliant and I'm sad that people can't get it brand new but if they should look it up and try and get it online because it really is great and if anyone's listening from Netflix please hire a screenwriter and make this book because it's just it needs to be done to show the other side what do you think she would have been doing if because she's the same age as our queen and our queen is still alive what do you think Marilyn Monroe would have would have thought about the world we're living in now with Instagram and Facebook, and because she loved the phone, do you think she would have been a, a, a an Instagrammer? I think she would have been right in there, enjoying all of the, the you know, the tweets and and all of it. I, I, she has a personality of somebody who like embraces uh, new things and new ideas, and I think she would have looked just thoroughly ruffled in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, I would have loved to, loved to have seen her evolve. When I see Betty White and I see the Queen, and I just think, I wish Marilyn and Monroe had been here. Do you think she would have had plastic surgery? Because a lot of people, I've seen these things and have plastic surgery. I, I loved when she said, "I want the courage to grow old gracefully," and the face that I've created. Do you think she would have stayed that way? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I just don't think that the woman would have. Uh, wanted to create a, a, I don't think the woman would have wanted to create an image that wasn't real, yeah. especially at the point in her life where you know maybe the the neck is getting a little wrinkly or you know she isn't as firm as she used to be. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind too that she, at least the way I see it, she was very physically active and really good with what she was eating and taking care of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see her doing any form of uh, plastic surgery. I think she would have been proud of uh, the face that, that uh, she grew she made, yeah. And also the one thing that we do know about Marilyn is she tried so hard to escape 
the image that had been created for her, which was this blonde um, bimbo that she wasn't, and even with a name that wasn't hers. And I think she, to have gone down this plastic surgery route wouldn't have been her being true to herself, which she always really wanted to be her authentic self. Absolutely. I think one of the things, uh, and I, unfortunately she passed too early, but in the book at least, she really, really admires uh, Simone uh, Signore and yes, the yeah. way that she aged naturally uh, and was totally blown away by her performance in Madame Rosa, where it's like, my God, this woman looks basically nothing like she used to look like, but admired her so much for being natural. And I think Marilyn, had she lived, would have embraced that as well. I always wonder whether Marilyn Monroe would have moved to Europe. I know she had a bad time on the set of um, Prince and the Showgirl in London, but there's other places in Europe besides the UK. And I just see that if she'd had such an admiration of uh, Simone, that whole French intellectual sitting around, you know, just... Um, yeah. It's, it's a very American thing, all this plastic surgery. It's influenced the UK now. We're, we're not too far behind on it. But it, to me, it was always yeah. a very American thing. And um, I think Marilyn Monroe may have escaped or, or been a New Yorker. And I think that's why a lot of Americans that live in New York are more Europeanized, if you like, than, than, than the West Coast. Absolutely, yes. Mm. Yes. I, I don't know if she would have moved over there, but I can see her absolutely traveling. I think one of the problems that was going on uh, while she was in England was where she was with her career and with her uh, own self-worth and dealing with both Arthur Miller and uh, uh, Laurence Olivier. I think there was a, a lot of things going against her. And yet, Jesus, like everything else, the woman pulled off an incredible performance. Yeah. Uh, but I think had she gotten rid of Lawrence Olivier and the presser and been older and more assured of herself, she would thoroughly would have enjoyed England as well as all of Europe. I agree. And we'll never know, but, um, she, yeah, even though she was against the odds in so many of her films, in Some Like It Hot, she did the performance, she acted everybody off the screen, and again in that movie there was so much going against her, and the same in Prince and the Showgirl. So, like you say, if she'd not had these problems around her, wow, can you imagine how amazing she would have been? Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I love... We have to realise... Oh, go, go. Oh, well, oh, no, no. The other thing I was going to ask, one of the things we need to realise is had she lived, her mental uh, problems, uh, there's been such an advance in medications for depression, for whatever, you know, things were ailing her. I think she would have been able to get past that. Yeah. Yeah. We are so lucky. Anyway, I'm sorry. No, no, that's a very, that's a really important point to end on, actually, because we are so more advanced now with understanding of bipolar, of depression. We're, we're, it's still not perfect, but we've we're leaps and bounds ahead of understanding the mind and 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 people's health, especially with childhood trauma. We're f- much f- further exactly. along. It's sad yeah. that she never had that and I chance. Think had she lived, she would have been able to benefit by all of these advances uh, as they came. Mm. So I think she would have been a much more stable and a much more happier person uh, had she been able to continue. Yeah, and there's so many more women around now that are in positions of power 
to to help and to 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 recognize yourself with than back then yeah yeah it's kind of one thing well now go go on i was going to go off on to something else no please please do you know has she not passed where i in her life is a natural death and it's in 2003 uh thinking had she continued on to 2021 which physically is is possible i would not want marilyn monroe to have lived through these last four years in the united (laughs) states i think it it just would have been a horrible horrible you know last few years of anyone's life yeah Yeah, america america is definitely at the moment going through a lot and i think that the one good thing about um the last few years in America and even now in the world with, with on top of COVID, these women, if she had survived, I think they're very tough. I look at our queen who's having quite a rough time at the moment, um, right near the end of her life with so much changing that we're having to deal with in the UK. And I think, you know, these people have survived wars. They've survived different presidents. They've survived different prime ministers and they're still here fighting. I think Marilyn been able to hold her own, whatever happened in America. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely, and been vocal about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. know what? Well, well, we'll never know, but it's lovely to to imagine what she would have had, and the, and this book does that. And if anyone can get hold of a copy of it, it will totally be worth finding finding one because you'll enjoy it. Thank you so much, Dave, for joining me. I'm I feel all yummy and warm thinking about. Like I say, when I read this book, I I actually feel like oh, you know, she didn't die, she did live, and it's and it's so um, it's just lovely to think of um how lucky we were to 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 have her, but also how unlucky it is that some people don't get to to live the rest of their 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 natural lives out so we appreciate life that we have it and i appreciate you being on here and i so hope i can see you again because we had such a good time we will we will see each other again that's that's a definite definite thing in the stars Yeah. yeah thank you so much for having me thank you for all the good words on the book and uh yeah like that there Oh, you take care. Thank you so much. Bye. All righty, sweetheart. Oh, it was so fun having David on. He is such an intellect and really such a great friend. Um, I'm doing these bi-monthly now because um, it's just, yeah, it's a lot better for me and for my guests. Uh, I have some interesting guests coming up. I'm not going to tell you who they are because I don't know. (laughs) No, I do know. It's just trying to work out time zones and get people when it's convenient. Um, This started off as fun and so many people are tuning in and which is great, but it's really, really hard to try and get everybody there recorded, uh, ideas coming up. But um, yeah, I've got some great people lined up. It's just when we can all do it together. (laughs) But thank you guys for tuning in again. I really hope you enjoyed that and see you next time.